0: So let's do a summary now of chapter 6 of Romans, because uh, we've come to the end of it, and uh, this is a chapter, dead to sin, that many Christians are afraid of. They stay clear of this chapter. Uh, They stay clear of a lot of uh, Romans. Why is that? Because they misunderstand what Romans is all about. And particularly chapter 6, they say, well, dead to sin, I'm still struggling with sin. I, I still identify with sin. I still get tempted. I still fall, how oh, Paul is way beyond me here, and he's up in the mountains and I'm still uh, in the valley, so they they just and it's a very very sad thing an unfortunate thing that they just avoid this, but of course they're misunderstanding it. It's easy to misunderstand the book of Romans unless you start from the beginning and go verse by verse and learn uh, what it means. And that's what my program is all about, to help you to know this book, because as you do, you will really know the wonder and glory and comfort of the gospel. First of all, remember that Romans chapter 6 has to be connected with that last half of chapter 5, where Paul is talking about the two kingdoms, the kingdom of Adam, which is sin and death, and has brought sin and death upon all the world, and the kingdom of Christ, which has brought justification and life upon all the world. As it says in Romans 5.18, Therefore, as through one man's offense, that's Adam's, judgment came to all men, that's the whole human race, uh, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteous act, that's Christ's life, death, and resurrection, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. So when Paul comes to chapter 6 when he says we died to sin, he's not talking about something internal that, hap- uh, that happened, something that we accomplished by discipline and uh, willpower and avoiding all sights and sounds uh, of sinful uh, passions so that we overcame sin to the extent that we didn't feel it anymore. That's the psychological stuff. No, he's not talking about that. He's talking about, we died to the sin kingdom of Adam. That's the thought that he has just finished with. Well, he didn't finish with it. He's continuing it in chapter 6. We died to the sin kingdom of Adam. What does that mean? It means that we're no longer under the judgment of death, the accusation and identification of sin, the condemnation of sin. We have now been transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. That's a a passage in, what is it, Ephesians or Colossians? For a minute, I'm forgetting. And uh, we're transferred out of that kingdom into the kingdom of light so that now we are in the kingdom where we are justified, that is, declared innocent in the righteousness of Christ. And um, we have life upon us, eternal life. Now, this is counted to us. Remember, the word counted, reckoned, imputed, charged to our account. Just as it says in Romans 4, verse 5, that Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. So, we're counted as in that kingdom. Therefore, we do not identify with sin or receive its condemnation and judgment because we are now in Christ. So we start speaking back to our minds that say you're no good, you'll never do anything right, you can't measure up what's wrong with you. All of these accusations of the mind, we now know how to stop them. Father, I thank you that these thoughts have no power over me, no power to bring me down, no truth in them, uh, because Christ is my righteousness and Christ has been counted as if His righteousness were mine. That's how we live it, you see. There's no way of interpreting Romans 6 correctly if you do not identify everything that is said with Christ. And this is why Paul says in uh, this chapter, uh, beginning at verse 7, "...for he who has died has been freed from sin." Well, we haven't died, have we? We're still alive. We're not in our graves yet. Furthermore, we haven't died in the sense of no longer feeling any sin. So in what, what's Paul talking about? He's talking about the death that Christ died being charged to our account. In other words, everything that happens to Christ is counted as having happened to us because he died and rose again as our substitute, and our representative. This is why Paul can say in chapter 6, verse uh, uh, 9, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. And one might say, well, that's nice for Jesus, but what about me? Paul is talking about it In regards to Jesus, because what everything that happened to Jesus is counted as having happened to you. That is, that you are no longer under the dominion of death, that you are no longer um, under the identity of sin, that you also died to sin once for all. You didn't in yourself, but you are counted as having died to sin in Christ, and now you're counted as alive to God. And this is why Paul can say, as he did in verse 6, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. You see, what is it to be a Christian? Is it to do good things? Well, that's part of being a Christian. That's the result, one might say, of being a Christian. Is it to live live for the uh, care of the world, to help the poor, to, to bless those in need? Yes, that's a result of being a Christian. But what is the essence of being a Christian? It is identifying by faith with Jesus. Knowing this, that our old man, that is our natural humanity, was crucified with him. Well, how can I say that? Because I now know that Jesus, my Saviour, identified on my behalf on the cross. He went to the cross as a judgment for me and as a judgment for humanity. So now I know by faith, you see, that my humanity, my natural, broken, messed up, corrupt, dysfunctional humanity, all of that was crucified with him, was executed with him. I no longer identify with it, because God doesn't identify me with it. That the body of sin, that is my natural humanity, humanity might be rendered powerless. Not destroyed, that's not a good translation in the King James Version. Rendered powerless. L- have less and less power as time goes on. Have less and less power as I exercise faith. If I am tempted and I feel condemnation and guilt and shame, then I'm identifying with that temptation. Instead of saying, Father, that is not me. That is not the true me. I praise you that I'm identified in Christ and the urges that I feel are no longer identified as mine. That kind of faith gradually leads sin to be done away with or rendered powerless in our lives. Not all, not every sin, of course. We've got, you get rid of 10 and you find another 100 round the corner. They're all over the place, these sins. That's why Jesus had to say that God forgives a man 70 times seven in a day. Not seven times a day, 70 times seven. What's that? 490 times. That's about every minute or so, isn't it? knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. So the issue that we are dealing with when we're dealing with sin is not, what am I doing, but who is it that's doing it? Who am I? That's the question we settle. When we're tempted, when uh, your addiction uh, comes forward and, and appeals to you, you can talk to God and say, Lord God, I just want to remind myself right now who I am. I'm reminded of my desire. That's strong, but there's something stronger, and it's who I am. Who am I, Lord? I'm not a sinner. Who am I? I'm not recognized in my corrupt nature by you. Who am I? I'm accounted in Christ as righteousness, as righteous. I'm accounted in him as resurrected. Now, that conversation itself may do away with the urge at that moment, but even if it doesn't and you fail, you bounce back, And you still say, Father, that was no longer me anymore. This is not schizophrenia. This is simply identifying who we are in Christ. So then Paul says, don't let sin reign in your mortal body. Reckon yourself dead. Now, you see, those two verses, 11 and 12, teach us, help us to understand that we are on the right track. Reckon yourselves dead. You're not actually dead. You reckon, you account yourself, you treat yourself as if you were dead. God doesn't put blinkers on. He knows that you're a sinner. He knows that you have corruption in you, but he does not reckon it to you, and therefore you do not reckon it to yourself. And you're not simply dead to sin, but you're alive to God. Don't just say, oh, Father, please help me die. First of all, that's concentrating on the wrong thing. Uh, but don't just say, thank you, Lord, that I'm a dead man. But rather, thank you that I'm alive in Jesus Christ, that, that the life that I'm going to live today, going to work, coming back, uh, dealing with all the issues of today, are uh, experienced in the life of Jesus, my Savior. That's how we do it, you see. That's how we go forward. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your body. Now, notice that word, reign. This is at the whole point I've been making when I say that you must connect chapter 6 with the last part of chapter 5. Because reigning is about kingdoms, not... what goes on psychologically inside my head, even though the, the the truth does affect my psychology. But Paul is talking about not letting sin reign as a kingdom because you're no longer in the kingdom of Adam. You are freed. You are now in the kingdom of Christ. There is no condemnation of sin and death upon you. There is every affirmation of uh, justification and life upon you. That's the wonder and the glory of this. And so, you see, we don't present our members to the sin kingdom of Adam anymore. Well, truthfully, we do, don't we? We we, uh, get tempted and we do it, or we stay away from it, whatever it is, for a day or a week or a month, and then we go back. But the truth is we keep bouncing back. That's the real reality. And we say, Lord God, I do not present my members as an instrument of the kingdom of Adam, where sin and death reign. Now, think of it this way, psychologically. Now we will think of it psychologically. If you everything you do is in the kingdom of Adam, then you will be constantly looking over your shoulder, feeling condemned, thinking of God frowning upon you, God pointing his finger and saying, you're wrong again, what's wrong with you, why can't you measure up? You will constantly feel judgment. If you are constantly feeling judgment that's because you're still thinking or allowing yourself to be in the kingdom of Adam and uh, of sin and death. But lifting up your heart in faith and praise and saying, Father, thank you so much for your mercy. Thank you that I do not have to live in, in under endless condemnation and judgment. Thank you for your loving kindness towards me. This is what it is to be a Christian, to have ourselves identified with Jesus. When this happens, we become love slaves of God. We love him. We want to follow him. We want to serve him by blessing others whom he loves. And that's what the Christian life uh, is. Goodness to others flows from God's goodness to us. Well, thanks for joining me today, Colin Cook, and How It Happens. We've just reviewed Romans chapter 6. In the next few days, we'll spend time uh, thinking about Christmas, and then we'll start in Romans 7 after Christmas Day. Uh, If you would like to make a donation to the broadcast, please do so. You're most welcome, and it's very much needed. Send your donation to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. That's FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366. Littleton, Colorado 80160 or you can make your donation online at faithquestradio.com that's faithquestradio.com each program costs $39 per dollars per 15 minutes thanks so much then thanks for your little notes and I'll see you next time cheerio and God bless